welcome back to uh, another podcast. Hello, eh? Be episode five, I believe, JNA. Five. We made it this far. Here we go, five. So, eh? Yeah. What's uh, what's new to the podcast, Joe? I don't know, mate. What's what's new this week? I feel this week has sort of flown by. I don't even know what's happened. I couldn't even comment on anything this week. Well, for one, the mic. Ooh. Yeah, we've got a bit of a new setup here. I've uh, got a new mic, so excuse all my moustache hairs bristling on it. I'm either going to be deep throwing it in it, deep throwing it this week, <laughs> or uh, ducking and weaving like Mike Tyson because I can't get used to it. But. No, mate, you, you sound pretty good, I think. Um, I'm glad. Yeah, but I forgot, I forgot about that. Yeah, we've got brand new mics, um, a new audio interface, so we should both be sounding uh, pretty pretty damn smooth. That's sex. Pure sex. Portal sex. For the 70% of our female listeners. <laughs> <laughs> right, mate, are you, um, are, are you composed now? Yeah, I'm very professional now. Yeah, yeah. completely professional. We'll... Um, <laughs> We'll jump back in then. Feeling professional. So, um, what's um, dangerous? <laughs> not again. Not again, Jay. Not, no, not, not again. Okay. Right. This week we've got. Most. What you got? Immediately we've got a uh, good old whiskey review. Okay. A whiskey review straight off the bat. Straight off the bat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, the return of the simple man. Ooh, that should be our jingle. Ah, uh, yeah. You know. Yeah. I'll have to copy that one. Yeah. Let somebody else would copyright that first, I think. Yeah, yeah, I imagine they already <laughs> done. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, right, let's um let's uh, crack on with the old whiskey review then. Jay, this week. Got quite a special one for you. Mmm. Like last week, that very special whiskey that mm-hmm. I uh, I brought to the table. Yeah, and I, I remember that uh, well. My remember loving said about it. My loving sister uh, yeah. brought me. I remember you know all the positive things you said about it. Yeah, upon review, I really enjoyed it. Uh, just, just didn't fancy it on the day, I think. Okay, is that what yeah. it was? Just your taste buds just weren't in it that day? Yeah, I had it like the next day. Lovely. Okay, what yeah. did you think of it the next day? Probably the best whiskey I've ever had. The best? Yeah, it was bought. The best whiskey you've ever had. It was given to me with such love. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I felt really bad. Okay, so um, love love makes whiskey good, does it? Whiskey is love. Okay, I do actually agree with that one. Yeah. Right, what have you got today? Uh today listeners oh we have got the Ilek Ilek uh, okay tell me more yeah to the common man you may think it's called a leech but uh, oh no Ilek from uh the <laughs> go on from the island of Isla ah see you, yeah. you've done your research on the pronunciations of these Scottish Isles yeah I've only called it um I leech myself for about the last 12 months. Uh, yeah. This is one of your favourites. It is one of my favourites. And yeah, it was quite nice to know I'm an idiot. Okay. Um, but I do enjoy it. Yeah, it's a very nice one. It's from uh, the island of Isla, which is on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you trusted me with the, po- the pouring? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like this is ceremonial now. So you're um, going to tell, tell us a bit more about it then. Is there any history to it? Or could you find anything about it? No, so... One thing I found about it was it is bottled, I believe, by Highland and Island Whiskey Distillery. Uh, okay. However, the distillery of Islek, although it's on the island of Isla, is a uh, is a secret. Ah. So uh, the whole sort of distilling 
um, process is, is a bit, a bit, a bit secret to it. But it is a single malt. It says in the bottle, a peated Isla malt from the Queen of the Hebrides. Queen of the Hebrides. Ooh. Very, very. I believe uh, that's the island. Yeah, the Hebridean Islands. Yeah, yeah. I get that. Well, the Heb- yeah, the Hebrides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So. <sighs> okay, right. It's gonna be so. nice. Again, we've got it on a. Uh, our whiskey stones, the old uh, the old granite whiskey stones, yeah. which I now actually I recall also from my sister. Are they? Yeah. Oh. So she's um she's to blame for encouragement of my uh, alcohol problem. Boo! Not only have you picked um, fantastic whiskey stones, but you also picked Alf's favourite whiskey last week. His all-time favourite whiskey last week. Yeah. Let's uh, let's fantastic. Let's move on. Right. Let's get a sniff on. Oh my god! It's so peaty. Mm. Really, you think? It is. Like, it's so peaty. It it knows what it is. Let's put it that way. Wow. Yeah. That is that is strong. Like, well, you can just smell it strong from the smell. Does it have the kick that something like... Do you remember Talisker? Remember yeah, Talisker? yeah. I remember Talisker. Which is, like, pretty much the peatiest scotch you can get. See, for me, this smells more peaty. Really? On smell. On smell on only. Smell. Obviously, I haven't tasted it yet, but on smell only, this is definitely peatier and stronger taste it doesn't have that kick it doesn't hit you in the back of the throat just from the smell like you yeah okay right I'm going to try it yep after I've coughed <coughs> that was the whiskey smell sexy bottoms up cheers mmm ooh that's oh, wow. bold isn't it that is bold bit of a burn to it it's got a lot of burn to it I'll be honest yeah all the way down to your stomach. Yep. yep. So, <laughs> there's a bird coming out the other end as well. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe later. So, other than make, making you wince a bit, it's. Do you know what it is? It's. Um, it's very warm. Um, it is. And that warming feeling isn't. It isn't uncomfortable. It's not an uncomfortable warm. Um, however, it's incredibly peaty. Like it. Uh, I almost yeah. want to say smoky. Like, it's just... It's... it's. I can't even describe it. It's like a heavy taste. It's like a yeah. heavy taste in my mouth. Like, if I was to have a... Just, I don't know. I can't even describe it. It's, it's like... It's just a heavy taste. Yeah. It's bizarre, because... Although it's got that... You've got the kick of the pepper in it. Can you, you sort of... But it's... Again, it's such a smooth one. Almost like... The malwork of the of the wine world, where it's mm. incredibly smooth but peppery, and now you've got this peatiness that brings that warmth, that sort of almost I want to say like country home sort of mm. taste to it. I'm um now you've said the pepper, I can really get the pepper actually. Mm. Um, yeah, it makes me feel like I'm kind of sat in front of a fire. Yep. And um, if I was to this this going to sound really stupid again. If I was to breathe in a big mouthful of smoke from the fire <laughs> and take this at the same time, take a sip of this at the same time. You'd die. <laughs> I probably would die, you're right. But that kind of heaviness in my mouth is is what I'm getting from this. Right. It's yeah. got a real kind of... It's a texture. It's an entire texture when you're drinking it. It's incredible. I don't think I've actually had one that's ever... I've ever had that texture. No. God, sorry. <laughs> that repeat on an effect on you. Um, that's had that had that kind of uh, that kind of effect. Mm. It's amazing. Yeah, it's very good whiskey. Also, you can going off from what you've just said, Go you on. can tell it's a good whiskey. Yeah, 
it, it put me back £55. Pounds. £55? Pounds, okay. £55, pounds, yes. But oh, These are not good glasses to see the legs. <sighs> no, unfortunately not. We uh, we had whiskey the other night and we, uh, we didn't wash up the glasses yet, so no. we failed on that part. This is how much whiskey we drink. Yeah, mate, I, I'm I'm thoroughly impressed with that. Um, you can tell it's worth the money. Mm. Um, and yeah, like I said, I've not had a whiskey like that that's had that much of a texture to it, mm. and that much of a uh, yeah, just the smoky and peatiness is just all I can taste. Yeah, like I'm still even now I haven't taken a sip for maybe sort of 30, 40 seconds, and and all I can still feel in my mouth is that kind of mm. textured feeling. Okay, Jay, mm. I proposed you something. We haven't okay. done this on the podcast before. Uh, I think I did mention it another time, but adding water to your whiskey. Yes. So something I do quite a lot. Yeah, something quite common with scotch. Mm. Less common with things like bourbon, bourbon, rye, mm-hmm. and uh, Irish whiskey because it mm-hmm. just doesn't need it. It's not harsh enough. Yep. yep. Do, you, do you fancy giving it a try with this one? Yeah, we can. We can. We can. I'm hoping it water. brings out a very particular taste and potentially okay. a particular smell. Um, but we'll give it a just, try. Just, just drip a bit of water in. Yeah, just a couple, literally just put it on the end of your finger. The water? Yeah, yeah. Just drip. That's all we need. That's all you need. Just sorry. A couple I'm of drips. sorry. I'm sorry. We've also got Jay in the room, and this is a good time to, uh, to introduce her. Um, A's Jay is here, not me, Jay. My wonderful Jay. She yeah, says hi. A's wonderful Jay. Um, now, <laughs> you can't see this, but the technique that Alf has, uh, has yeah. described to me two is fingers. to take my index finger. Well, I'd say two, two fingers. Two fingers. No, no, no. Index finger is fine. Um, that's, that's enough. Uh, taking my index finger, put it into a glass of water, remove my index finger, and then shake my index finger over the top of my whiskey glass with my whiskey in. Um, and A seems to think that's enough water rather than me pouring it in. Yeah. Well, I guess this will be the next question for our, our podcast. 70% of our listeners women. Ladies, is one finger enough for your whiskey? Well, I think the fact that, that Jay is laughing in the background here um, deems that not to be enough for her whiskey. Oh, that has actually had quite a profound effect. I'd like a couple more. <laughs> Do you not think I'd, that's... I'd like a, a few more index fingers of water, please. <laughs> I told you, mate. You, you only did one thing. I did, I did two fingers. Oh, okay. Um... It actually has changed the flavour. I didn't want to admit it, but it actually has. I've I've got now like salt flakes on my tongue. It's quite odd. I, I can taste like a salt seaweed. Suit. Seaweed, yeah, seaweed wouldn't be a bad bet. Um, ooh, it's um that has completely changed it. Yeah. That's really odd. So obviously it's a lot less burny, but that's the majority of the reason is that it's been watered down. And we've also had a bit before now. I think yeah, slug in the first mouth so it's, back. So it's melted my throat. <laughs> yes, um, that's incredible. Yeah, give us give it a whiff. See if you'll get anything else. So the desired yes, effect. Yes, yes. Do you know what I'm getting? Gone. Cherry. You're not far off. You're not far off, sir. So cherry is lot what of, I'm getting. With a lot of scotches. Okay. Uh, interesting thing about going off a little bit off topic. Mm-hmm. Bourbon. They can only the process of making bourbon legally can only be called bourbon if it has been in a single cask uh, that has never been used before. So every mm. bourbon barrel it's in a fresh, fresh is, cask, is a fresh it? cask. Yeah. yeah, and then for that reason, 
a lot of the uh, the old Scotch distilleries buys up all the uh, casts from America mm-hmm. and Canada, and they have it shipped over to Scotland. Yep. And that way they use it. I mean, you get different sherry ones, you get bourbon, mm. you get uh, rye barrels. Well, the beat, that's what we were talking about, um, talking about my Glamorangia over there, the it's red label one 12, that I've got over there. 12 year sherry casks. Yeah, 12 year sherry casks. Yeah. Um, and it just gives it that kind of sweet taste to yes. it. Um, and this, it's weird that you only get that once you put the water in. Mm. So, yeah, I think it's brought out the oakiness. I, I couldn't even. Yeah. Tell. I couldn't tell you from the label, but I'm, I think it's done in an oak oak cask. Uh, yeah, do you know what it doesn't say? Um, it would it would not surprise me mm. because of the, the flavours there. Yeah. So what you said about cherries, mm. I'm getting peach. Ah, oh, what, just from the smell? Just from the smell. Okay, yeah. Peaches are quite often used. I'm getting a bit of orange peel now. Yeah. Orange peel, yeah. Peaches are more often used in in scotch so I feel like I'm making a safe bet because of prior knowledge however yeah. cherries wouldn't be too far off so I think you should be proud yeah. of that one thank you mate yeah that was my first bet as soon as I got a smell of that with water my first bet was cherry um, so yeah I'm, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with that mm. I'm definitely getting a more tailored uh, taste from doing these um, and going for the different ones but yeah I'm, I'm oh wow that is a good scotch although I scoffed at your uh, index finger technique um <laughs> One finger was enough, and you've uh, provided me with enough, enough water in there to bring out the cherry. Mm. I'm glad. You've popped my cherry out. Popped your cherry. With one finger. <laughs> Am I lucky or what? You are lucky. Yeah. Well, thank you, eh? Um, I Welcome. think we'll enjoy this for the rest of the podcast, won't I we? I am very much enjoying this, yes. Fantastic, right. Uh, oh, you know what time it is. Simple man. It's time for simple. That is not going to be our catchphrase. Okay. It should be. What's the other song that says simple? Oh, Leonard Skinner. Yeah. That's what I thought you were singing. No, that's... Anyway, uh, we we can't sing songs on here. Oh, yeah, copyright. (laughs) You're going to have to remove that now. Right. Simple Man Science. Here we go. segment we have uh, all been looking forward to simple man science simple man science here we are um back with the second simple man science of all time in episode five um it's quite popular the first time so yeah people enjoyed it people enjoyed it i enjoyed it to be honest um yeah i i forgot what we even talked about but we talked about um up to genetics uh, yeah the genetics thing yeah that nature nurture that kind of stuff clever thing Mm, clever stuff so, again, um, as I'm sure you've uh, all aware before, um, the way Simple Man Science works, or it appears to be working now, is that I do a bit of research into a, into a topic, something that's come up in my mind this week, or something that I've kind of been interested in that week, and I delve into it and try and learn a bit more about it. And what I do is I don't tell A about it. I don't tell him what the topic's going to be. Um, I don't tell him anything about it. 
about what I've been researching. And he basically reacts first time and first hand with his own knowledge about what I'm talking about. Um, yep. Or he may well even learn something, which I don't think he will <laughs> in, this, in this segment, but he might. You never um, know. Miracles and it might. do happen. Exactly. And in the same breath, it might be interesting to the people that listen. Or just entertaining. Or just entertaining. Listen so to an idiot. This segment, or this episode of Simple Man Science, um, I'm, it kind of came around um, when I was at work the other day. And um, I was talking to a guy um, who was basically speaking really openly um, and really frankly about his history with drug use All right. um, and specifically his battle with addiction to opiates. Oh, wow. Um, so this obviously got me really interested um, because I was, I've always, I've never quite understood why pretty much most Western countries treat opiate addiction with other opiates. With more opiates. Yeah, ironic. Which is a bit ironic. So um, I obviously wanted to look into that and think, hmm, why do we do that? What do opiates do? How do they have their effect? Blah, 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 blah. So that's kind of what this, this segment's going to be about. All right? Do you have any prior understanding knowledge? Let's let's hear a little bit about your knowledge. Don't delve into something too deep. Okay. Have you got knowledge about this? Yeah, so again, treating the opiates with opiates. Hmm. When it comes to things like heroin addiction, they then um, substitute the heroin for an opiate that is even more, um, not as strong, but mm-hmm. it's even more addictive. It certainly is. Uh, again, the name will come to me if you don't talk about it I was going to say, on. I will probably talk about that in a yeah. second. If you're talking about what I've spoken about, then we probably will. Yeah. So you do have some kind of understanding of this. Yeah. Okay. So I'd like to start off with a little bit of, um, again, statistics-wise, a little bit about some numbers just to start getting us wrapping our head around sort of what's going on. So there is some kind of statistics um, out there. I kind of want to keep it quite specific to the UK for most of it because obviously okay, we're in nice. the UK, yep. so I like to keep things quite specific. So uh, in 2019, the Office for National Statistics, so they're obviously the governmental body that all they do is put together statistics for different things that happen in this country. So, in 2019, their study um, into to drug use and things like this um, found that almost half of all drug poisonings involved an opiate. So, um, heroin and morphine continue to be the most frequently mentioned, um, with 1,329 drug poisoning deaths mentioning either one heroin or morphine or both of those substances together when the coroner so, did their death certificate. So, explain to me this. Does it mean that the heroin has been poisoned by fentanyl or is it like... No. So The heroin um, is the poison. The heroin is the poison. So gotcha. the way the uh, Office of National Statistics looks at uh, deaths involving drugs uh, means that the, the drug poisoning basically means that the drug has been the cause of the death. So they call that a drug poisoning. Like alcohol poisoning. Exactly, like alcohol poisoning. Gotcha. So for example, okay. if I was to take an overdose of paracetamol, that would still come under a drug poisoning as a death, yep. as it would be classified. But in 2019, because that's the most recent um, statistics that can be found in for this um, from the ONS, um, they listed that half of all drug poisonings were involved in opiate, um, with heroin and morphine being the two. Um, they also linked this high level um, of 
opiate deaths um, with a report that the National Crime Agency had done in the same year that had basically found that the purity of heroin in the UK had reached a 10-year high. So that actually what the, the product that people were getting and using was higher than it had been in the previous 10 years. So mm. obviously it was stronger, potentially caused more deaths because of the higher chance of overdose. Interesting. Mm. So it is... So I like to put a bit of context as well. So in the same 2019 report, 21.3% of all the drug poisoning deaths registered in that year had no specific drug listed. Or the deaths given from the, the coroner just mentioned drug overdose or multiple drug toxicity. So whilst obviously there is set statistics that link to opiates, there is potentially more because some coroners Don't will just much. exactly will just list if there's let's say you take spice spice coke and heroin Whoa. they would yeah i mean that's a surefire way to get fucked but um, yeah but they would only list that as multiple drug toxicity so although it's had an opiate involved blah 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 um also this is a good a good time i think we started watching it didn't we it was the pharmacist on netflix oh, what? we haven't finished it yet it's class yeah. um but if you haven't watched it yet um go across to netflix it's on netflix called the pharmacist um it follows a pharmacist whose son uh, is killed whilst picking up drugs in New Orleans. Dodgy drug. Yeah. Drug deal. Um, and then follows his story of justice for his son. But then basically during that, that hunt for justice, he stumbles across sort of even bigger problems involving opioid addiction um, and prescription of other sort of power, powerful opiate-based medication. It's just really cool. Um, and uh, he's just really, really cool. So, um, so hey, what are opiates in your knowledge what 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 are opiates what does that mean when i say opiates uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna say that it comes from the opium family is that correct yep which is what um do you want so trying to think so it'd be obviously your heroin mm -hmm. your morphine mm -hmm. uh, where does opium come from do you know uh poppies yeah <laughs> comes from a poppy plant it comes from this mostly from the seeds um so some some prescription opioids are made solely naturally from the plant directly right um however others are made by scientists in labs basically using the chemical structure of the poppy okay and then they alter it, it. Yeah. and they match it so they, they make it artificially um i was gonna say isn't it the is it the seed i believe it's the uh isn't it the yellow the, sorry the white resin Ah, potentially then, potentially. Uh, maybe I'm getting that mixed up because I haven't actually written that down. So potentially that's, that is what it is. Okay. Um, they're often used um, as medicine um, because they contain chemicals uh, that relax the body um, and can relieve a lot of pain. So that's one of the biggest things they're given for. Obviously, we all know that, that morphine um, is given to people who are suffering from quite serious pain in hospitals. Um, and that's one of the most common sort of uh, medicinal opioids that are given. Um, and like I said, prescription opioids are most uh, used mostly to treat moderate to severe pain. Yeah. So the most common illegal or street opiate is obviously heroin. Um, heroin, I don't know if you know, but is actually made from cutting up morphine um, and it's then cut in with different chemicals. Right. So it's those chemicals that differ uh, and is what causes the color of heroin to differ as well. Mm. So obviously you can have very brown heroin or you can have very white heroin. 
uh, often comes in the powder um, and will be different kind of powder forms, different colours depending on what it's been cut in with. So, so it doesn't necessarily mean the white stuff is the better stuff. Exactly. Doesn't okay. doesn't mean that the white stuff's the better and the brown is the worse or vice versa. It literally means just different chemicals that it's been cut into. Um, the most common prescription or mer- uh, medical use opiates are codeine. Obviously, you can get codeine over yep. the counter. Um, morphine or diamorphine, which is used a lot in hospital. Um, fentanyl, um, which we'll come on to in a minute, but I'm sure you know about fentanyl. Yeah. Um, and in the US, which is quite it sounds big. far dodgier than it was meant to. Yeah, I'm sure you know. About yeah, fentanyl. sorry, that did sound no, quite dodgy. Not like that. Um, and the big one in America, which is also in the pharmacist, um, the series, um, is hydrocodone or oxycodone, oxy. branded famously as oxy. Yeah, oxy or oxycontin is the oxycontin. Is, was the uh, actual pharmaceutical company's name for it. Um, these are all like kind of quite prescriptional medicinal mm. um, use opiates. Can we get oxy over here. I don't know if you can. Um, so, it would only be prescribed. A much bigger problem in like the Midwest. And yes. Oh, yeah. In America, they're in a America, much bigger yeah. problem um, than they are here. Um, An epidemic, apparently. Yeah. Trump actually spoke about this a couple of years ago, didn't he? Um, was talking about trying to tackle it, but I don't think he really did anything. No, I know it's been a big problem for like years. Just yeah. seeing videos online come up, being like, family of three parents die on the side of a highway because they've both overdosed with three kids in the back sort of thing. And yeah. It's like, God, you know what? I remember that story. Yeah. And they just like crashed into a lamppost. Yeah. And the kids were alive and the parents the were both seat. like, yeah, OD'd in the front yeah. seat and it was all like, what I think the it hell? was like the, the, the police department then decided to release it online because they were like, this is an issue. Mm. This is like a well, right issue. So, to be honest. It's just like, yeah, it needs to be addressed. Oh, it absolutely does. Um, so, it wouldn't be Simple Man Science without a bit of science. All right, go. That's okay. scary. I know, very scary. Tuck yourself in. Oh. So this is, it is a bit of simple science um, about how opiates work in the body okay. and why people would want to take them. So, um, opiates are drugs that bind to the proteins called opioid receptors, um, and they are found in certain cells within your body. Um, the binding of the uh, the opiates onto those opioid receptors basically stimulates the brain's reward system. Um, and that releases the hormone dopamine. Mm. So this is what makes the euphoric feeling that users describe when taking opiates because... They release the dopamine. Exactly, exactly. Because so it, it doesn't block them. It doesn't, actually... It doesn't block them per se. Well, it does really when it I think about it. It binds and encourages it. binds it with them and in that binding them. process releases dopamine. Okay. Or causes um, the brain to release. Yeah, okay. which okay. inhibits certain other things. So, follow. obviously, this euphoria from the dopamine is what leaves your body and brain wanting more. But at the same time as this upwards feeling, opioids actually slow down many of the body's basic functions. So, obviously, they do actually block them in that in that kind of binding process. They do block stuff, uh, which can obviously leave users susceptible to overdoses as they try and reach that euphoria, especially when they try and take more drugs to obviously, once they get used to the drugs. Um, so like the more opioids you take, like with anything, uh, the higher your tolerance to them becomes, the more it leads you to take. Um, but obviously your body might not be able to withstand a higher dose, mm. but your body will want a higher dose because it wants more dopamine, because it wants that positive effect. Um, so when the opioids are gone, 
and they break down that bind breaks and your body starts to then you have that come down from the drugs uh, the body starts to swing in the complete opposite direction um, without those high levels of dopamine so it's suddenly like Very oh shit oh god yeah a harsh come down um, which which brings in all the withdrawal symptoms such as a racing heart rate fever sweating pain um, which obviously people kind of don't want to feel do they so um, they actually push push towards obviously getting more don't they in the next mm. hit um, and the worst part about withdrawal is even if you make it through those withdrawal symptoms your body physically still craves the opioids as it's trained to function with more dopamine wow so even if you get past the pain the, the racing heart rate the fever everything like this so actually still on the surface depressed. you look nor you look normal you won't be having any issues you hook yourself up to a monitor you look normal your body would st you'd still be feeling those cravings because you're at a lower dopamine level than your mm. body would make on its own which is crazy um so we talk we're talking about um heroin in particular that's obviously the biggest uh the biggest street Most prevalent yeah. yeah i'm sure you you in in our in our role we come into contact with people um who have taken heroin um, or taken other opioids uh, and well describe to me have you had have you ever come into contact with somebody who's having a uh, a heroin high or a heroin come down yeah so it's a I want to say there's a distancing between you know what we are saying to them yep and what their reaction is um, some sort of drowsiness okay and then it can be very like turn around in a second sort of thing um, but yeah otherwise it's, it's on, a, on a higher it's very much like almost a, a lack of consciousness yeah and then on a low it's like the opposite sort of thing it's um, unpredictability yeah um, again you can tell like the heart racing sweating sort of quite sort of red flags for dealing with people mm. it's um i agree with you it's that erratic that erratic behavior that comes mm. from it um and the unpredictability that makes it such a scary drug and i think it must it there must be a certain uh feeling of that with the person who's actually going through that mm. like there must be but then again maybe maybe they're just in a different world exactly maybe because that dopamine level is so high you're absolutely not aware of what's going on um one of the biggest problems as well is, um, obviously we were talking about uh, heroin is made from morphine and with cutting in other products into it. Now, big problem that has been happening and is more prevalent in America than it is here, as with most things, it's obviously a bigger country as well, which you have to take into account, um, is that a lot of people will cut in fentanyl into heroin. Prince died, didn't he? That's how Prince died. Yeah. So. He had a fentanyl addiction. He did have a fentanyl rather addiction. Rather than which an opioid is, addiction. He'd gone so far from opi yeah. for opiates that he'd then crossed the line mm. and become addicted to the thing that was being cut into the opiate. Mm. I mean, that's rough. It's rough. It's really rough because also I really wanted to see him in Camden. And <laughs> uh, he ended up dying two months later, which was really oh disappointing. That is disappointing. Um, so, yeah. So the thing, so the thing with fentanyl, do um, fentanyl is a synthetic opioid. So it's made in the lab. Right. It's solely made in the lab. Not a true from the poppy. Not a true no. from the poppy. It, 
Fentanyl mimics the chemical uh, equations that of uh, the, the the opiate from the seed or from the poppy, shall I say? Um, and it's made in a lab, and it is, I think, on, I think it's a hundred times more potent than morphine, and obviously morphine is more is stronger than heroin. So there's there's a photo that went around. Obviously, I can't show the photo on here, um, but there's a if you're interested, if you type in um, uh, fentanyl versus heroin, um, like photo, it will take you to a, to a photo taken by the New Hampshire State Police um, in their forensic lab. And basically, it has two vials. Um, inside the left-hand vial, um, it has a lethal dose of heroin in it, um, which is a, uh, equivalent to about 30 milligrams of heroin. Now, on in the bottom of this vial, you can see like the white powder. You can you can see it in the bottom. It's maybe was it versus morphine? Sorry. Yeah, or? if you type in fentanyl versus morphine, um, and go on the, uh, uh, it will take you to the New Hampshire State Police. If you type in photo or something after it, um, I'm sure it will come up. If not, I can find it. I'll find it on the computer. But um, it, it's it's absolutely incredible. Um, oh, I've got it. Have you got it there? Wow. There's like remnants. Yeah, yeah. Go you on. Can, so you can see the. So you describe it. Okay. So heroin. There's. I want to say maybe. It's like a dusting around the edge of the of this sort of. Yeah. I don't know. Twenty mil tube, perhaps. And then at the bottom, there's maybe a few mil, mm. a few milligrams of heroin, and it's quite sort of enough sort of thing you look at it and you're like it would fill your I don't know it, may, it might fill your palm mm. yeah perhaps. I'd probably say so just the, the very sort of crevice of your palm and then fentanyl there is single grains you can see literal can, crumbs isn't I that? could probably if I spent two minutes I could probably count every single grain in this uh, I'd say there's there's less than three dozen sort of grains of small grains of salt-sized fentanyl. It's insane. It's, it's scary, isn't it? You, so You could accidentally lick that. E- easily, mate. Easily. So that, so that left-hand one, that's, um, that's a lethal dose. That is a lethal dose of heroin, okay? That one, that one on the left. Again, if you listen to this, get the photo up and have a look. The one on the left is the lethal dose of heroin. 30 milligrams. You know, if you were to, to pinch with all your fingers a load of sand off the floor, pour that in. That's about the amount that's in yeah. in the heroin. Okay. On the right is the vial with fentanyl in there. That is a three milligram dose, not 33. So 10 times less than that little pinch of, of, of sand that you've put in. And that is the lethal it's dose like picking of it fentanyl. Up with your with your nails mm-hmm. and dropping it into a vial. So that on the right hand yeah. side is enough to kill an average sized adult male. It's That's like all one you of need. Them, you know when they do the comparison of the, uh, of like what could kill more people. Yep. And it's like a frog. <laughs> yeah. Versus fentanyl. Versus fentanyl. Uh, fentanyl would win. Um, I don't know if it's one of them frogs that can kill like ten thousand people. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe we need to have a frog segment in Simple Mind Science. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So there you go. So they actually visualise. So what happens, as happened with prints, is people cut fentanyl into heroin, which is the process. If you don't know what the the process of cutting means, when they when they put 
the drug together in their kind of makeshift labs, um, you know, proper uh, Breaking Bad style. Mm. They're trying to get more for their money, basically. They're trying to get more for their money. Yeah. So you can have the smallest amount of fentanyl, literally nothing. You cut that in with a little bit of, of heroin and a load of the other shit that gets cut in with heroin to change the colour. Baby powder. A baby powder, bleach. salt, bleach, everything else that goes in there. That is to make it more potent and to ultimately save the drug dealer's money in the long run. However, people like Prince get addicted to the fentanyl, which is so much stronger than heroin. And that's, that's what happens. So... To counteract opiates, um, a drug was created called methadone, mm. which I think is the one you were thinking of earlier. Methadone? Is that what you're thinking of? I think I was thinking of fentanyl as in treat, but I was probably ah. wrong. Ah, okay, I get what you're saying. So methadone, methadone is the biggest. Uh, so it, it's another synthetic opioid. It's made in the lab, not like the poppy plant. It's made in the lab, and it's been used to treat heroin addiction for over 50 years. Mm. It's a long time. Um, and methadone can be used for either the detoxification or maintenance programs for people uh, trying to get off of obviously heroin. Ironic. Ironic to use a synthetic opioid to get over a potentially naturally occurring opioid. Mm. Uh, it I is think, also. You know sorry. what? I think I've come across methadone more than I have heroin. So this is where we're coming with. And this. like street bought methadone, mm-hmm. not even like prescribed mm-hmm. methadone. So. I'll go. For, let me just read this little bit out, and then we'll get to that because that is basically where we're getting at. With oh, this. okay. So I've jumped the gun. No, 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 no. That that's fine because you're obviously on the thinking okay. now and on the money. So that's good. <laughs> Dangerous. Um, so in Britain, methadone is the most common substitute drug used for the treatment of opiate dependency, and this is often prescribed, often descri- prescribed to people. Um, it has been proved to be an effective substitute drug for opiate addiction for a number of reasons. Uh, the biggest one is that it has a long half-life, which if, if anybody has done any form of chemistry, it, either physics. GCSE or anything like this, yeah, even physics, talking about the half-life of stars and radioactive uh, whatever, um, it basically has a long half-life, resulting in it only having to be consumed on a daily basis. So you take one pill of methadone at a varying amount, um, and you take it once a day, and through the day, it's a nice slow release of all the opiates that basically helps manage Like that a carbohydrate. Like a carbohydrate. However, heroin has a short half-life, which obviously means that you'd need to consume it loads Throughout of times day. a day yeah. to basically prevent those withdrawal symptoms. Um, and also another another beauty is that methadone is also available in a liquid, so it deters from injecting behaviour, um, ah, okay. which also reduces the risk of uh, disease transmission. So you can take it as you can take it as a tablet, or you can take it as in a, a drink. Uh, at, yeah, just like a form Got of medicine. It. Yeah, exactly. Um, however. Leading nicely onto what you've said is that you've come into contact with more people using methadone. I've also come into contact with more people using methadone than heroin. Now, where does that sort of leave us? Because the issue that's becoming frequent now is that because you can be prescribed methadone, you don't have to pay for it. You can also sell it and be up in your bank. You're in profit because you're getting it for free. And... um, if you're into injecting it straight into your veins, you can still crush it down, cook it up in a spoon with a bit of uh, le- um, bit of lemon or lime juice, and it will inject straight into your veins. And will have that Im- immediate effect like heroin will because it's straight mm. into your bloodstream as a, as a smash up, straight in there kind of job. So where does that leave us? Because it's like, 
we are treating a problem with a problem, a problem. With, a, with a problem and, and methadone is potentially stronger yeah than heroin as well so so I'll give you a bit of context. so this this guy I was talking to he was talking about um, need to treat you with a bit of heroin exactly heroin with heroin eh heroin for the methadone for the heroin absolutely so we're back to square one again yeah so he was talking about the fact that at the at the height of his heroin addiction when he was hitting big amounts of heroin he was also hitting it with spice at the same sort of time wow. he was having a terrible terrible time when he went to the drug rehab center i think because he'd had some sort of overdose um hit rock bottom in his life they put him on 200 milligrams of methadone now from what he explained to me i don't know what sort of amount is a normal amount to give somebody however he explained to me that if you were a somebody who had never taken heroin heroin before or any form of opiate that'd kill you wow 200 milligrams of methadone he said would probably kill a guy who had never taken anything had no tolerance for it whatsoever um he said to me that that still wasn't enough so they actually upped his amount to 220 milligrams that's a man who knows how to party now that is a man who knows how to party Who's, yeah um however he he had a bit of a tragic life because um which is again i think opiates is that kind of end product of drug use throughout your life mm. um probably you know, cheapest yeah but we talk but it's also one of the dirtiest drugs isn't yeah. it it's a dirty drug the whole injecting process you're buying it the whole not knowing what's in it is just and it's just dense. not good the whole lifestyle of it of drug dens oh, and absolutely well that's and that's what he was saying obviously it's not like, romantic nope um you know he was saying when he was very young he got introduced to drugs very young by his parent um at the time um he grew up in a a form of crack den and had that lifestyle from a very early age which led him to where he is now now it becomes a lifestyle and that's the issue and it's breaking that lifestyle which mm. for opiates is very very difficult it's because because you just crave that dopamine yeah. you crave that effect and that's what's what's one of the biggest the hard the biggest and hardest problem with opiate use mm. um, and potentially treating it with uh, more opiates is not probably the best mm. best way of doing it I remember a story about someone getting his mates to help him do a cold turkey off of heroin oh, and uh, they've literally locked him in the house and then brought him food Mm. Um, sort of throughout throughout the week, and uh, and they've they've come back on the last day that he was supposed to be doing it, and he's like broken out of the house, sort of thing. And it was like one more day, but even he was conscious. The guy was conscious right. that it was going to be the last day he was ever taking heroin, sort of thing. Potentially, really? that he was that close to it, and uh, still the need for it was just so much that. He made the the conscious decision to go to leave. And, uh, that's and crazy. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, and and this this guy as well said to me is that when you're coming down, you have some weird thoughts, and he and he I think he was talking about spice quite a lot because the come down from spice is just like you are literally a zombie, like you're not a functioning human yes, being. Yes, the first dead um, person I ever saw mm. uh, died from spice. It, and it was that, in the middle of the streets while his two best friends were sat on the doorstep next to him. Um, not having a clue, just staring at his body and staring at us as we walked, walked along was like, is, is he alright? No, he's, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. Spice is um, it's probably one of the dirtiest drugs because mm, you can, because you, yeah. you don't know what's in it. 
um, and this is one thing he was he was saying to me is you do not know what is in spice ever no. you don't know how much chemicals they put in you don't even know if you're actually taking weed some form of cannabinoid cannabinoid can, can, some kind of cannabis related uh, chemical um, and uh, he was saying that it's uncontrollable so like you said he, the, the story of the guy you were talking about where he escaped from the property mm. um, this was the same he was saying that sometimes on these withdrawals you're coming down you would rather knock yourself out by smashing your head against the wall than experience those those come downs yeah. and consciously experience those come downs or withdrawal symptoms Damn. Um, you would rather be unconscious for the whole thing cause yourself to knock out and withdraw and go through that withdrawal process which I think I mean that was a powerful sentiment like that's crazy is there any case for putting people in coma as well they do you know it's interesting um, I think you'd have to manage um, you'd have to manage that dopamine because mm. there'd be nowhere because that has such a uh, such a negative impact on your body not having the like your body just craves it like it, it goes mm. into this weird kind of state where it just potentially needs. kill them if, if they were to do that yeah 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 yeah. I think it could so but then again al if you alcohol is the only thing that can kill you for a come down yes alcohol, yeah, yeah, yeah. if like, you go I mean, full cold turkey from alcohol you will you will die yeah. If you're if you're on like a bot, you know, a couple of bottles of vodka a day, and you come off all alcohol altogether, you could die. You will yeah. just die. There'll be nothing they can do to unless unless they fucking give you alcohol. Um, one of the last things I wanted to touch on, because I love this thing, and I think you know what it is as well, um, is uh, a chemical called uh, naloxone, which is basically branded Narcan. Do you know what Narcan is? Is that those uh, little silver tubes? You find in the street? No, no, no. That's uh, nitrous. You're thinking nitrous. Of. They're nitrous oxides. Narcan. So Narcan is, is the is the brand, is the pharmaceutical brand name given for a, a chemical called naloxone, right? And it's called an opioid antagonist, right? Right. Uh, and its sole purpose is to counter the effects of opioid overdose. Now this stuff is incredible, and a lot of lot of uh, ambulance staff, hospitals, things like oh. this will carry it. Yeah. So you get what I'm saying now. Yeah. So. It almost instantaneously it brings people back to life. Yeah, yeah, it almost instantaneously reverses opioid uh, consumption, but only for around two hours, which is what I didn't know until oh. I did my research. I thought it was a, that's it, done. But it it can only it can last for a minimum of twenty minutes and a maximum of up to around two hours, Shit. and then you'll go back into the overdose state, which is why that's a window to get them to, to hospital, doing it. or they'd have to keep doing it. But you don't want to prolong keep no, doing that. I imagine it can't be good. So it basically, it counteracts life-threatening depression of the central nervous system and respiratory system. So like we were talking about, it binds the opiates, bind together mm. onto certain processes. Those certain processes are ones that control the central nervous system and the respiratory system predominantly. They're the biggest ones that they attach to. So obviously the most serious and potentially fatal symptom of an opioid overdose is respiratory depression because obviously they attach to the area of brain that controls your breathing and then they basically send the message to your lungs to breathe more slowly than usual and actually when you're on a high and your heart's racing you actually need more oxygen to be able to function with your higher heart rate so it becomes dangerously low and stops together so as narcan is an opioid antagonist it rapidly breaks those bonds of the opiates from the receptors in the brain um, obviously most commonly in the receptors that control the breathing and basically just smacks your body back in the start breathing normally again um so like a lot of ambulance stuff will carry it um in case of that however 
as we've brought, I've, I've seen a couple of times, as soon as they give Narcan, people fucking hate it. Imagine if you'd paid 30, 40 quid, <laughs> you're, a, you're a, a heavy heroin user, suddenly something, someone sprays some Narcan in your mouth or up your nose, you breathe that in and suddenly your high's gone. Mm. You're back to normal. You're as if you've not taken any heroin whatsoever. You're going, fuck, what the fuck have you done? And they kick off. Most of the time they will kick off. Mm. However, because it's so effective, but only effective for that small short period of time, during that time you basically want to get someone to the hospital as quick as possible. Yeah. Because that's when they can start to fully start reversing the process and monitor you and whatever. But um, I want to touch on that thing because that thing is a lifesaver. Um, Narcan, yeah. Narcan. I've seen it used once, twice. First time it didn't work. Yeah. We'll say. Um, second time, yeah, I was I was warned. Yeah, and I'm glad I had the warning. <laughs> it, you need the warning because that's that shit works quick, yeah. um, and it and it kickstarts. It literally kickstarts you straight out of whatever high you're in. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, I just wanted to to basically talk a little bit about that because um, it's a real interesting one. It's it's a real interesting one, and I think it's one that potentially it's so difficult because opiates are really complicated and the pro and the, mm. the, the the impact they have on the body is really complicated so actually trying to treat that somebody who's addicted to that basically feeling of having more dopamine and functioning on a higher dopamine level is very very hard to reverse without using opiates mm. um which is basically the conclusion of of that thing which is um, why opiates are used yeah and saying that why opiates are used i don't think you come across many people that haven't got existing mental health problems that, that use opiates um, and it's just it's just such a complicated thing mm. that people that have had no a hard life and these existing problems but then have these this drug and this need for the hit of heroin or any opiate mm. just so prevalent um, yeah it's a real interesting topic yeah I'm glad you enjoyed that one I'm glad I kept that secret from you because I knew you'd have a little bit of a uh a little bit of experience I have indeed learnt things tonight yeah Yeah. Um, and worst case if you see someone as soon as an ambulance turns up on scene you think someone's having a uh, um, an overdose on heroin this is for everybody listening if you think someone's having an overdose on heroin you call an ambulance an ambulance arrives most of them will carry Narcan Um, and I'll be honest it can be that life saving moment because we all know that actually if somebody stops breathing you've the the period the, the cutoff point between life and death when someone stops breathing can be really really close and really thin so things like that are really interesting to know so um, one one more bit of advice if they're gonna hit a narcan uh, hold their shoulders down yeah <laughs> yeah or in fact just <laughs> don't, start swinging don't be anywhere near them when yeah. they come off it because um, they will probably lash out and probably be quite annoyed that you ruined their high yes but anyway um, thank you very much. What have we learned from this one today, kids? Don't do drugs. Yes. <laughs> the classic. But um, especially don't do heroin. <laughs> oh, God, just stick a clip of opiates because you'll be fucked. Yeah. Um, I'd like to think none of our listeners do no, heroin. No, fingers crossed. Yeah, you <laughs> fingers know, crossed. heroin and the uh, the uh, Spotify podcast. <laughs> How'd you get, what are you doing in your spare time, Mark? listen to podcasts and shoot up yeah wow yeah. and listen to how dangerous it is while you're shooting up if you do we'll give you a shout yeah <laughs> thanks for coming thanks for shooting up while we're doing this a shootout <laughs> <laughs> alright then cheers guys Simple Man Science uh, thank you very much gonna blow your mind 
gonna finish up the podcast i think this final segment yeah i think we um we've uh we've hit our wall i think this evening yeah a very nice scotch yeah a nice chat learn some things and now i think we're gonna go into a bit of a chill topic mm. and uh what better for us yeah than, than camping than talking about camping yeah i think the cabin fever is starting to catch up with me. I think, what was the last time we went camping? It would have been. couldn't have been. So we went camping about three weeks ago. Yeah. I went camping the following week. Yeah, you with, did actually. With Jay. With Jay. Um, and uh, yeah, I had a lovely weekend. Just yeah. sort of around, lovely night around the fire. Um, but yes, the cabin fever has returned. It is, I think, as we're sort of reaching that um, time of lockdown getting lifted, um, I think it's it's that time almost when it's uh, you're so close to that end point when we can go out, we can go Nearly places. taste it. You can almost taste it. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that's what makes it, the cabin fever, even worse. Mm. It's knowing that we're so, so close to being able to go out and go to all these places and sit in front of the fire mm. yeah I'm looking forward to sort of just driving through I want to say the Peak District mm. I really want to get up to the Peak District at some point yeah definitely I think we'll take the, the Land Rover yeah and uh, it's just I think finally getting there just after that long drive and finally getting there and just pop into that to a local pub just having that first pint, looking out over maybe Derwent mm. Reservoir or whatever the other ones are. <laughs> Lady Bower. Lady Bower. And just sipping on it, looking oh. out over the reservoir. And then find a little spot to camp up. Yeah. They're just There's just nothing better. Splendid. Especially than, especially in the peaks. Yeah. I mean, the peaks. Pretty special are, place. It's a pretty special place. Yeah, we'll have to do that. I think certainly once weather's been very odd yeah when it settles down a bit and I think the sunny the sunny days return and the long evenings mm. draw out again and you can almost uh, sit out till like 9, 10 and you know the, the evening sun has still got some heat to it mm. and, you know and the fire's just keeping you warm I think we should start planning our our trip yeah on a camping trip I think it's like we've explained before the beauty of hammock camping is just that you can go anywhere where there's trees where there's trees yeah that's there's yeah. a lot of places in the UK there is a lot of places yeah string up your hammock and that's you there you're mm. done I've got somewhere in mind in the Peak District yeah at least for one night potentially more that sounds great it's just, there's there's too many places. You could drive any road in the peaks mm. and you would find somewhere it's just you starting, could camp. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Anywhere. Yeah. Takes me back to that trip we did. Mm. And we were probably a hundred hundred feet from a from a path. And we but we yeah. were completely isolated sort of thing. Didn't yeah. get much traffic on the path sort of thing. No, and you're and, completely uh, covered, aren't you? Yeah, we made sure to sort of keep it covered. We were there for like three days. It was great. <laughs> yeah, nobody bothered us. Nobody bothered we kept us, ourselves yeah. to ourselves and that was the base to then go out and explore what was going on. Yeah. Oh. And it's just there's just nothing better than that. Um, that mm. freedom. And as we edge closer to the the end of lockdown and the end of this uh continual mental strain that I think mm. everybody's feeling. That cabin fever that you described. I think everybody's ready to be able to have that freedom again to make choices and go places and Yeah. Not, not see be the same four walls and Yeah. And not be confined. Tesco's or co op. Yeah. <laughs> It is. It's, it's yeah. the sad reality of life at the moment. Yeah. He's been confined to that. Confined to your routine, your daily routine. Not just your four walls, just that daily mm. grind. Yeah, it'd be nice to get back to that. Mm. I think that's why we just wanted to touch on that at the end. That As we ease closer to the end of lockdown, get some things planned. Get some, get some places that you want to go. Get yourself a hammock. Yes. Definitely get a hammock. Get yourself a hammock and you can uh, set up shop anywhere. You don't make a mess. It's not difficult. Don't leave any trace when you leave. Mm. And that is the best thing about camping. Yeah. It takes you out of your usual day life. and Absolutely. It, it, yeah. It's very therapeutic. It is therapeutic. But I think we're, um, we're coming to the end of this podcast now and I... Thank you for tuning into episode five. We mm. just, after a heavy, simple man science, <laughs> I think we just wanted to slow it down, have an unwind, and lead to the end of the podcast. Yeah, sounds good. Hey, thank you for coming this part. Thank you very much for today. Yeah, thank you. It's been a pleasure, and for all of you that have made it to almost an hour point now, um, it's been a pleasure. And we look forward to seeing you in the next one. Yeah, episode six. Episode six. Okay. See you soon, guys. Take care.